Every work team has moments of conflict and dysfunction. Sometimes productive conflict is a necessary part of wrestling through big ideas to get to the best possible outcome. But sometimes our teams become mired in conflict that is entirely avoidable because it's based in vastly different communication styles or different motivations and misunderstandings. Enter the Enneagram. The Enneagram offers not only self-awareness, but also curiosity and deeper understanding of others. I teach the Enneagram and consult with teams to improve their communication styles, conflict effectiveness, and self-leadership, all of which foster highly engaged and high-performing teams. During a recent team event, I heard over and over, this just makes so much sense when they looked around the room and saw who was fitting within each type. And now I know why this person asked so many questions or this depersonalizes some of the conflict we've been having because I can tell we're just coming from different perspectives. So now that we know where we are, we can see how we can get aligned. So if you're looking for ongoing support or simply considering an engaging introspective module for your team's offsite or event, let's talk. Reach out to the Nine Types team at hello at ninetypes.co or schedule a one-on-one consultation with me on my website, ninetypes.co. And now on to the show. Welcome to Ask an Enneagram Coach. I'm your host, Steph Baron Hall. I'm a certified Enneagram coach, creator of Nine Types Co. on Instagram and author of the new book, The Enneagram in Love. Every week, you can find me here answering all of your pressing Enneagram questions so that you can understand yourself more clearly and find new paths toward growth. Let's get started. So for today's episode, I'm going to be covering one of the most common questions I get asked. And so I'm going to dedicate the entire episode to it. And basically, this question is, how did I become an Enneagram coach? What certification did I get? What was my process like? So I'm going to talk a lot about that. But first, I want to start off with this question. What is an Enneagram coach? So you've probably seen the word coach popping up a lot lately, ascribed to almost any topic. Influencer coach, money coach, empowerment coach, emotional intelligence coach, confidence coach. There are so many types of coaching. And I want to be very clear. I'm not here to discredit any of them. I think they all have their place. I'm just here to make a few distinctions that help you figure out what's best for you, whether you want to become a coach or you are looking for a coach to help you. The two types of coaching that have been around a bit longer and therefore have a little bit more training and and, and that kind of things around them are life coaching and business coaching. A life coach helps you determine your goals and dreams and then works with you to create an actionable plan to achieve them. A business coach does something similar, but instead of honing in on specific personal goals, a business coach works with an individual's business. Now, of course, business coaches end up working a lot with those personal things too, because especially for people who are entrepreneurs or solopreneurs, um, what is holding them back in their business is often really similar or the same thing that's kind of coming up over and over in their lives. So it's important to note that, that coaching is very personal. It's also important to note here the distinction between coaching and therapy. So Therapy is obviously with a licensed therapist, so that person generally has a lot more training and a lot more um, expertise. And therapy is really looking at like the psychological things that have happened to you, um, a lot of the different things that have happened in your past, maybe a mental illness or or other disorders that might be going on, and really focusing in on kind of plumbing the depths of of all of that stuff. So looking at your past, looking at your family dynamics, looking at different things that have happened to you. 
and kind of looking into the past and trying to dig those things up. Whereas life coaching is different in that it kind of just, it, it doesn't get so much into those those heavier topics. It, it can be really challenging and you have to want to change, but it's really more about meeting you where you're at now and figuring out what are the steps to go forward. So often if you haven't been to therapy, but you want to do life coaching, a good life coach might actually meet with you and then see, oh, actually this person probably needs therapy and not coaching. Um, so that often is something that comes up for, at least for me. I know in my coaching, there have been times when I've said, you know what, I actually think that therapy is is more what you need right now, not coaching. And so there has to be some amount of limitation in terms of understanding that life coaches or coaches of any sort are not therapists. Um, and so it's important to keep that in mind. So when we're thinking of coaching in general, there are people who are effective coaches with no formal training, right? So maybe it's people who have done the work a lot. Maybe they're they've just learned how to be really confident or they have worked in recruiting for years and they understand how to coach people to have successful careers. Um, so there are people like that with, who are effective coaches with no formal training and there are people who are ineffective coaches with lots of formal training. A lot of this actually has to do with how well a coach is able to push their clients, how strong their personal boundaries are, and how well they are actually engaging in change behavior and working toward growth as an individual. So that's really important. Your life coach needs to be doing their own work toward becoming a healthier and more balanced person because as long as they're doing that work and they have strong boundaries, then they're going to be able to push you and help you. So if you want to become a coach, keep that in mind. However, even though there are some people who are effective coaches who have little formal training, I actually think it's really important that when you are helping to guide someone in your life, that you have some degree of formal training and um, also that you have a personal ethic around coaching. And what I mean by that is really there are a lot of things in life that that you can just fake it till you make it and you can just bootstrap it and, and you can go for it. But I don't think that coaching is one of them because I think that it actually does have such an impact on other people's lives that it's really important to make sure that you know what you know and that you also kind of have an awareness around what you don't know and you understand your limitations, kind of like I was mentioning when I mentioned therapy earlier. So if you are looking for a life coach, it might be really helpful to look for someone who did attend um, some sort of training program. So for example, there is like the coaching Coach Training Institute, which is called CTI. Um, there are also coaches that you can find via ICF, which is the International Coach Federation. And you can find certified coaches that way. You can also just look on, you know, whatever coach that you're you're interested in. You can see what type of certification they have and you can look that up. So that that might be a really helpful way to see um, if somebody's going to be a good fit for you as a coach. Now, I've heard it said a lot about therapy, but I think this is really important with coaching as well, that the relationship is the most important thing. So sometimes people with a lot of, you know, experience and a lot of training, they might be really great coaches, but if you aren't able to build a good relationship with them, or if you don't feel comfortable with them, they might not be the most effective person for you. So keep that in mind. Um, there's nothing wrong with finding the most qualified coach in the world, but, but you just like don't really click with them. That person, you have to be able to trust them and they have to be able to push you and challenge you. And if those two things 
aren't there, it might be important to one, it might be important to look into yourself and ask yourself, you know, why that is, or or maybe investigate that further. But it also might be that that it's just not a good fit. So also try to trust your gut in that sense too. So with that said, Enneagram coaches can do a lot of different types of coaching. Some Enneagram coaches act as life coaches and use the Enneagram to get deeper insight into where you really need help. Some Enneagram coaches specifically work with entrepreneurs or people looking to expand their careers, and in that way, they function more as business coaches. Most Enneagram coaches use the Enneagram to help you understand yourself, and they often teach you about the Enneagram so that you can keep using it even when you're not in session. So in this way, Enneagram coaching often blends life coaching techniques with some general teaching techniques so that you can learn the Enneagram. I don't have a sponsor for today's episode, but I did want to let you know that I've provided links for you um, that are going to correlate with this next section, and I do have an affiliate link from one of the programs. So just an FYI, there is an affiliate link in the show notes, and it's noted there as well. Let's move on to how I became an Enneagram coach. So much of this that I'm going to, I'm basically going to tell you a story. And much of this happened concurrently, so it's actually challenging to create a really clear through line. But I'm going to go back a couple years so that you can actually understand a little bit about how many different things have have shaped me and my perspective. And so with that, I want to say there is no right way to do this. So I want you to think about if you want to become an Enneagram coach, I want you to think about what has contributed to your perspective what experiences have shaped you? So ask yourself those questions, sit with them, think about them. And I'm going to tell you my story so that you can kind of understand what I mean by this a little bit better. We're going to go way back. So when I was a kid, I loved personality everything. So I don't know if anyone out there remembers a book like this, but I had this book. It was, I think it was like the American Girl brand book. And it was about handwriting. And it had all these little quizzes like, oh, if you dot your eyes like this, your personality is like this. Or if, if you love the color orange, your personality is this. And so even at a young age, like this is like elementary school, I would think, oh, I'm an orange. Like that's my favorite color. And it shows up in me this way. But my sister is a green. And so we like kind of work together differently because um, she likes things to be calm and she's a lot more quiet, but I'm kind of boisterous and out there and bold. And, and maybe that's why sometimes we, you know, approach things differently or we have a little bit of conflict or, or whatever like that. So even in elementary school, that's, that's how my brain functioned. And I'm sure a lot of you who are listening to this and are really interested in this topic might feel the same way. You might have, you might remember things like that from when you were a kid about the way that you approached things and the way that you thought about personality, sometimes it goes back that far that we're just so interested in this. So when I was in high school, I was introduced to uh, Myers-Briggs typology for the first time, and I was really interested in it. When I went to college, I studied psychology because I wanted to become a clinical psychologist, um, specifically because I'm just fascinated by the way that human brains work and the way that our personalities come out and the way that we function. So that was kind of like my my path, my trajectory. Pretty soon I realized how expensive school is. And so that kind of, that dream tapered off a little bit, but still like I was still obviously really interested in psychology and that's my undergrad degree. 
And I was also a resident assistant at the time. So I was an RA and I had a floor in my dorm that I was kind of, you know, in charge of. And the way that RAs function at my university was that we had our RD, um, who was the resident director. And then there were six of us on the team. And we worked really closely as a team, but also as an RA, it wasn't, I know at a lot of universities, RAs function more as a disciplinary role, but at my university, it was more of like a, kind of like a personal development or or relationship building role. And so both on our RA team and with the girls on my floor, I really worked with you know, personality assessment. So our team worked with Myers-Briggs Typology, and we also worked with StrengthsFinder. And using those two different things was so interesting because I saw the ways that we were able to kind of mesh together well, and then the ways that we were also different in a lot of ways. And my RD really worked hard to help us understand the way that we communicated things um, and to help us understand which aspects of our personality were coming out and how we could leverage them to work together better and how we could communicate well, that kind of thing. So that was really my first introduction to that concept. And my dream at the time was actually to open an organization using tools like Myers-Briggs Typology to help teams work together better, communicate more effectively, and understand each other. So my focus was really, really on team development. And I had all of these really interesting ideas of how, how I could build that organization, but that was my goal at the time. So after college, I began to work at a really fulfilling but somewhat stressful job. And as I became a manager there, we were trained by an HR consultant and our management team used a different personality tool called Total SDI. And it really helped with our communication to understand our conflict styles. And we even used SDI to help shape culture initiatives within our workplace. So Again, kind of like my RA role, I I again saw how understanding my personality and understanding myself well could help me understand how, not only how I was perceived by others, but how well I could communicate with others if I understood somebody else. So um, Total SDI is like the Enneagram in that it's motivation-based. And I remember, so Total SDI is about colors, not numbers or something like that. So most of the people on my leadership team were more in the blue or the green side. Um, and so blue in SDI is altruistic and green is analytical, but I was a lot more on the red side, which is the assertive side. And so it was really interesting to see that dynamic play out in our management team and see how our organization as a whole was more of that blue-green side and how sometimes being the person who was you know, more on the red end of the spectrum was a lot more about always being the one to say go or always being the one to put push on the gas, things like that. So it was just a really, really interesting kind of use case. And I got the opportunity to be trained by an HR consultant who had been doing this for years and years. And so, yeah, I just got to see the full spectrum of of how something like this could be used. And that was a really, really impactful time for me. I left that organization, but I was still interested in using personality in the workplace. So as I moved on to a different organization, I was further convinced that we could be more impactful at work with a little mutual understanding. So sometimes when you leave something like that, that's that cultivates that that level of understanding to that extent and you go to somewhere else that doesn't have that same emphasis for better, for worse. You know, they just didn't have that same emphasis. Then I was able to see more clearly how badly that was needed. So for a while, I was working at a corporate job unrelated to the Enneagram 
organization development, or really anything else I was interested in, but I did enjoy it. And something you should know about me um, is that I often have a side hustle concurrent with my full-time job. So for a few years, I was a wedding and event florist on the weekends, and I worked full-time first at my management job and then later at my corporate job throughout the week. However, as I learned the Enneagram, I learned that I am a three. And I have a tendency to overwork myself, and that's actually really, really unhealthy for me. So understanding that about myself led my husband and I to have a lot of honest conversations about what was actually feasible in our lives, especially because he wasn't passionate about flowers, but he often ended up being my assistant for wedding weekends. So in 2016, I did 18 events, Um, so 18 floral events, you know, and that was just insane. Like we... I would get up at two o'clock in the morning and I would go to the flower mart in downtown LA. And then I would pack all the flowers into my car in buckets of water. And then I'd drive to work and I would work my full day there. Then I would drive home and I would start doing the floral arrangements for the wedding that was, you know, the next day or the day after. So it literally was not, it was not sustainable. So we eventually decided together to take a step back from that. Just it, it just wasn't really working out super well. And also, yes, I could have decided, okay, I'm going to stop my full-time job and then launch into flowers full-time. But I, I don't think I was ready at that time to make that leap because there was always this thing inside me that was like, is this really what I want? Like, is this actually what I want to do? Or am I just doing flowers because I like it right now? So in 2017, after several months without a side hustle, after stepping down from flowers, I was listening to the podcast Side Hustle School, which again, this just proves my point that I love side hustles. So I heard an episode about a guy who made customized coffee mugs for people using their Strengths Finder personality results. I thought that was a really interesting idea. And in August 2017, I started sketching icons for each Enneagram type so that I could sell coffee mugs. So we hired a designer to illustrate them and we launched our store and Instagram, which is called at Nine Types Co., in October of 2017. That first holiday season was awesome. We only had a handful of Instagram followers, but friends and family spread the word, and the mugs did really, really well. After the holiday season dwindled, I basically abandoned the Instagram until the following year. So that's kind of the start of Nine Types Co., was all about those coffee mugs. In the meantime, I was still learning and researching the Enneagram. Like many of you, I'm sure, I was absorbing everything I possibly could. I had been introduced to the Enneagram in 2015, 2016, and I'd really gotten into it um, in the intervening time. So those two years between 2016 to 2018, I was just reading everything I possibly could. I was on a trajectory I thought I wanted. I was working my corporate job. And then one day I just had a realization that maybe I could do something I loved So I began to explore what that might actually look like, and I began to reimagine what I wanted. In the summer of 2018, I started being asked to walk small groups through the Enneagram, and it reminded me of my dreams from college. I started thinking about times in my life when I felt truly alive and when I was working with teams to help them improve their communication and move forward. So that I remembered that's what made me feel alive. Helping people in that way is what I really loved. So that summer, I told a friend of mine that my dream job would be to go into organizations and help teams work out their communication, both using the Enneagram and other tools, 
and she pointed me toward a specific field of consulting and told me about a master's program to do it. So by the end of that summer, I had applied to grad school, and it's actually the master's degree that I'm finishing up now, which is Master of Arts in Communication and Leadership with an emphasis in strategic and organizational communication. You might have heard me say I'm getting my master's in organizational communication, and that's because saying communication and leadership with an emphasis in strategic and organizational communication is such a mouthful. Um, But my program has a communication and leadership side and an organizational leadership side, and my specific path through the master's program has blended both of those. So it really is kind of a blend. It's heavier on the communication side, um, but it also is a lot about that organization aspect as well. So I applied to grad school in the summer of 2018. And throughout all of 2018, I'd been researching Enneagram certification programs. And I chose the one that would work best for me. At the time, Your Enneagram Coach by Beth McCord was the only Enneagram certification training that was online. It took about three months to get through, and I chose the program because it was online and therefore most cost-effective. So I didn't have to take time off my full-time job to do it, and I didn't have to travel or stay in hotels or any of that. Many of the certifications I looked into were similarly priced, but the online nature of this one made it significantly more affordable for me. And like I said, I was already teaching at this point, so I really you know, got my certification because I had been teaching and people started asking, well, where's your certification from? Like, what what qualifies you to teach this? I'll get to that a little bit more in, the, in a second, but I went with the certification that would offer me something tangible that I could show people and that was the most cost-effective and the best option for me at the time. So also here, I want to say a huge thank you to my mother-in-law who gave me the certification as a birthday gift. So she paid my way, basically gave me a scholarship to the certification program. And that generosity really propelled me forward in my understanding and education using the Enneagram. So that fall, again, fall 2018, I was really just in a learning phase. But as November came around, I started posting on nine types a little more. My understanding of the Enneagram had grown exponentially in the last year since I had last posted on the account, and I suddenly had way more to talk about than just these coffee mugs that I had started nine types to sell. I started noticing that when I posted about the coffee mugs, I'd get some likes, but I got so much more engagement when I talked about the actual Enneagram, not just the mugs I was selling. In January of 2018, I pivoted my account from product-based to service and education-based. I started posting educational material about the Enneagram, and I got really good at adapting to what people wanted. So when people asked me how I grew my account, um, it was really slow at first, but I think I just noticed what people liked, and I created more content like that. I'll be honest, it was really tough at first, especially because of the criticism I faced when I got something wrong. See, even though I'd been studying the Enneagram for more than three years at this point and had a certification as an Enneagram coach, there is a different level of depth needed to teach in a public space. So you just have to have a deeper understanding. I was also figuring out what I wanted the look of my account to be, and I was exploring the best ways to communicate my ideas all at once. And it was just seriously it was kind of a trip. It was just, there's so much going on. It felt like a lot of pressure, um, but it was also really thrilling and rewarding to be able to do something I really cared about and that I really loved. 
So I credit my current understanding of the Enneagram to reading books, listening to podcasts, reading blogs, articles, etc., and asking people I know personally for their insight, typing clients, coaching clients, and of course, all of my Instagram followers. I feel like I'm constantly steeped in learning opportunities, and I think that it's a great place to be. Just to give you a little bit more insight into what my coaching actually looks like, after I received my certification in 2018, I started taking typing clients, but not too many at first. Again, I think it's super, super important to have a really, really deep understanding of the Enneagram if you're going to try to help people find their type. So I started taking typing clients and then started doing coaching, and I meet with people individually as a coach. And yeah, that started in 2018. Definitely typing is my most popular service. And it's actually the one that I love the most because I love helping people to walk through things and and to figure out their type with a lot more certainty. I find that a lot of people who book a typing session with me, they've already done whatever else they can and they're trying to look for more. And it's interesting to see how many people, they know a lot about the Enneagram, but maybe they don't know themselves as, as much. And so it's been a really interesting process to try to help people to uncover different aspects of themselves. And it's not something I can do. I can guide people, but really it's individuals. It's, it's, it's your, your own um, personal inner journey that is going to help you actually get there and to find your type and to grow. So that's a little bit about how I became an Enneagram coach. Um, and, and today I do coaching. I also do a lot of other things. I obviously do the podcast. A huge aspect of my work is on Instagram and I write emails. I just wrote a book. So obviously there are all these different things about my life that don't necessarily directly correlate with coaching, but um, are part of, you know, my business as a whole. So today my days include emails, just so many emails, calls and consultations. So whether it's you know, potential client consultations or things like that. Answering DMs on Instagram actually takes a lot of my day. Creating content for Instagram, being a podcast guest, writing and recording my podcast, creating content for conducting team trainings, typing session clients. I'm on summer break right now, but typically I spend a lot of time in grad school as well. And there are probably a lot of other things that I do that I'm not thinking about at the moment. Um, I don't do a ton of coaching right now outside of typing sessions, like I said, because my real passion is actually working with teams. So if you remember at the very beginning of my whole story, I talked about how I love working with teams and that's really my passion. So those are the clients that I'm more interested in securing right now. So I've just been focused on building that aspect of my business. So you might be wondering, why am I telling you all of this? Because it's a little meandering, right? There's a lot of different things going on, a lot of different dynamics. And you're probably also wondering, what should you do? I will say, I don't have a roadmap for you. I encourage you to look at where you want to go and look at your past. Look at what you've already done in your career, in your education, in your personal life that can contribute to the direction where you want to go. So another thing you could do is to look at programs. So right now, the options are obviously limited to online because of the pandemic and everything. But um, first, I'll say, talk about the program I went to. So if you're a Christian, you might like the Your Enneagram Coach program. I don't teach the Enneagram from a Christian perspective. And I think I'm a, a bit of an outlier among people who have gone through that program because most of them are really strong Christians and teach from that lens. 
I definitely don't recommend this program in particular if you aren't Christian, because from what I've heard, it's changed a little bit since I went through it. And um, it might be a little bit challenging to kind of filter out that religious lens if you don't want to teach from that perspective um, with with the new way that it's, it's being taught. So just keep that in mind. One cool thing about the Your Enneagram Coach program, though, is that there's a really supportive Facebook group to ask questions and learn from one another. So there are a ton of people in that group and everyone asks questions and it's a really great way for people to learn and to go through the program together and everything. Another program um, is Integrative 9. That's another great one. They offered an online solution earlier this year in July. So it might be worth connecting with them to see if they'll offer that again. So I'm not really sure. The Narrative Enneagram is probably the most well-known and one of the most reputable schools for learning the Enneagram, and it requires traveling in person to their trainings multiple times, as well as an internship prior to certification. So that's important to keep in mind, too. Some of these programs do require multiple trips and an internship. I know a few people who've also gone through the Beatrice Chestnut and Iranio Paisa's program, which is called CP Enneagram, and it's also really, really good. Like the Narrative Enneagram program, it requires multiple trips and is a bit of a longer process. But these last two that I mentioned, I want to note that the fastest isn't always the best. Sometimes you're going to get a lot more depth and understanding and richness from a program that is one, in person, and two, requires you to really do the work over a long period of time. I did what I needed to do and I did what was best for me in the moment. But if I had it to do all over again, I might have chosen something that was in person as I think it might have prepared me a little bit more for the actual coaching aspects. Because sometimes one of the challenges of working with something online is that you don't get the real-time practice coaching. And so you actually need that. So I I definitely think that if you're really, really interested in coaching, it might be beneficial to go through something that's a little bit more in person and not so much relying on the online aspect. Again, if you want to look at the most respected programs, the International Enneagram Association has a list of IEA certified programs on their website. So I'll put a link to that too. And you can look through and see if there are any programs that are close to you. In general, no matter which program you choose, there are a few things I want you to consider. One, study the Enneagram for at least two years before you begin trying to help people find their type. And this is really, really important. I know some people might encourage you to bootstrap it and jump in, fake it till you make it, but I definitely don't recommend that specifically with helping people find their type. It's really difficult to help people find their types with any certainty unless you have an incredibly deep understanding of the the intricacies of every type. So I definitely recommend before you even start, you know, the whole process of teaching the Enneagram, definitely study for a few years. I think that's really, really important. I will also say you don't need a certification to teach the Enneagram. So there are a lot of Instagram accounts and teachers that I love who don't have a a formal certification. And I think that's okay. They obviously know the content really, really well, and they understand it. They understand it on a deep level, not only 
for their clients and for those who follow them, but also for themselves. And they're really applying the knowledge to their own lives. So two, when picking a program, look at who are the teachers. So where did the teachers get their training? How long have they been studying the Enneagram and to what extent? So some people, you know, might have known about the Enneagram for 10 years, but have only really studied in depth for one, you know, so just keep that in mind. I'm not saying, I'm not telling you how you need to rule things out for people. I'm not giving you a rubric, but I want you to understand it because you are the one that has to be confident in your choice and how you go about this. Another thing to think about is how will you be supported? Who will you interact with? Who are the people who are going to be teaching you and what will they be teaching you? Um, For example, some programs are more heavy and they teach you about like actually how to run a business. And other programs are more focused on just the Enneagram content and you have to figure out the business aspect on your own. So it's really important to be able to understand where you're going to get what knowledge. So that leads me to the next thing I want you to think about is what other training will you need? Some people might find it beneficial to become an ICF certified life coach and then get Enneagram training as a complement. ICF coaches have to get CCEs every year. So CCE stands for Continuing Coach Education. And if you want to maintain your certification within the ICF umbrella, you actually have to get those continuing education units. So some Enneagram training programs actually count for that. So if you are really, really interested in becoming a life coach overall and want to use the Enneagram as one of your avenues, then that might be a good option for you. And then the other thing I want you to think about is what do you really want to do? Who do you really want to work with? Who, what do they care about? Your ideal client might change throughout this whole process, but keep that in mind as you navigate the best education and experience to support your goals. It doesn't actually matter as much what everyone thinks. It matters what your ideal client thinks and what they actually care about. And then something else I want you to consider is are you doing the work? Have you ever been coached before? So that's a really important thing. A lot of people try to start becoming a coach. I know this is what I did. I had never been coached before. I'd never hired a life coach before, but I decided to become a coach. And I think it's important to go ahead and invest in that. Are you going to therapy? Therapy and coaching are different, like I mentioned, but I think it's really important to do your own work before embarking on a journey to become a life coach, a business coach, or an Enneagram coach. Take some time to invest in yourself and in your growth. This could be the single most impactful thing that will determine your success as a coach. You have to be willing to show up for yourself and put in the work if you're going to expect to be able to ask your clients to do the same. So really, really, I, I cannot stress that enough. It's so important. Finally, keep in mind that getting trained to become an Enneagram coach is helpful, but it's not everything. My biggest recommendation is to never stop studying. Make yourself a lifelong learner of the Enneagram, of yourself, and of your own personal development. And I'll be really honest with you. My coaching certification does play a role in how I approach the Enneagram and how I approach coaching and everything. But what plays an even bigger role is learning. So learning through reading, through taking well, especially right now, online seminars, listening to podcasts, reading different books, talking with different people about their perspectives, opening my mind to the way that different ideas and different approaches to the Enneagram and just allowing myself to to 
not be an expert, allowing myself to be a constant student. That's actually what has contributed the most to my understanding of the Enneagram and to my approach to the Enneagram. I don't think even even people like me who know a lot about the Enneagram, that doesn't mean that I know everything. And it doesn't mean that I know it perfectly or that I can apply it perfectly. So what I really want to stress is there are all these different avenues to becoming an Enneagram practitioner of some sort. And I want you to focus in on what's going to work best for you. I also want you to focus in on approaching it with humility, especially when I first started out. I really was like, I'm going to be an expert. I'm going to know everything. And I feel like over time, it's kind of, it's just one of those interesting things. Like the more I learn, the more I realize that I don't know. And I actually have really enjoyed that about this process. It's kind of interesting to be often introduced on on podcasts or whatever as an expert and to feel like, oh, I'm not an expert. And and not because I I think little of myself, but more so because I I know that there's still so much more to know. And so I really want to stress that. I really want to stress doing the work yourself. I really want to stress a deep understanding of the Enneagram is so, so important and, and take some time to get there. I think we're just in such a rush to figure out the best way forward. But as you heard from my story today, I have been on this path for many years. And and so now the things that really impact the way I go about the Enneagram are not only the things that I just mentioned, like the reading and the podcast and, and everything, but also I have a master's in communication and leadership. And the way that I understand the Enneagram and the way that I approach it has also been shaped by my master's program, which has been really heavy on personal ethics and personal growth and becoming a change agent. And and what does that mean? Not only in the world, but becoming a change agent actually starts within. And so I've had to learn a lot about self-leadership and all these different things about developing myself as a person. And that is actually the most important thing that I think comes through when I am exploring the Enneagram and talking about the Enneagram and teaching about the Enneagram because it's all of these other things. So it's not just the Enneagram thing. It's all of these other things that really contribute to the way that we approach things. So I really hope that this podcast was helpful for you. I really hope that you found it at least a little bit interesting to hear all about my meandering story um, over the past several years. But um, yeah, I just want to really encourage you that if if this is something you're really interested in, I say go for it. Um, I say you know, really learn your stuff because I think the Enneagram is only going to get bigger. Like I remember in 2017, when we did the coffee mugs, having conversations with people who have been like, oh, this is just going to be a passing fad. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I know a lot of people who had never heard about the Enneagram in 2017 who are obsessed with it now. And so it has only gotten bigger. I mean, it's just so fascinating. And I just really want us to to keep an open mind, to move forward, to, to figure out what works best for you and to kind of dial into that and, and move forward in that way. So good luck. I hope that you find your best path forward and I hope that you really enjoyed today's podcast. Don't forget to send in more questions. I'm really looking forward to answering more questions in two weeks.